Welcome to Eat Me, Drink Me. I'm Maddie. And I'm Mariah. We're two very different sisters bonding over a common interest in food with a drink in hand. Today's topic is about... Fanta! Don't you want Fanta? Fanta, 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 Fanta. So do you like Fanta? I freaking love Fanta. I think the orange, I mean, we'll get into all the flavors. We'll get into all that, you know, fun stuff. But I just like that kind of OG orange flavor. Do you like it over like Sunkiss or? um... 100%. I'm trying to think of another orange soda. What's another orange soda? (laughs) I mean, they're probably pretty similar, to be honest, but I just like orange soda. So I like that one. And honestly, I'm not a big grape person, but I really like the Fanta grape. Which is weird because our dad really likes grape soda. Yeah, he likes the grape and he likes uh, black cherry soda, which I I don't know if they have black cherry fanta they do but i don't think they do in the u.s at least not anymore we'll talk about it later but yeah um see it's been a while since i had fanta so doing this um drink pairing it was a little interesting i was like it it was very i was like i don't want something that's just super sugary because don't get me wrong i like myself a cold soda sometimes but like having just pure sugar with alcohol is not usually where I try to yeah Um, how did you pair this (laughs) what kind of uh, drink did you make with Fanta so I searched quite a bit I was going back and forth because like honestly everybody's like just do vodka and soda and I'm like that is the most basic thing I can do and And we like to push ourselves here on eat me drink me and I don't really just want to do vodka and orange soda. That doesn't sound that tasty to me to begin with. Like it is, but it, I don't know. So I was searching and I kind of tweaked a recipe, a few recipes I found, but it is um, technically the, um, it's called the Nigerian Chapman cocktail. Um, it's Originally, the main ingredients that I found were Fanta, Sprite, cucumber, lemon, grenadine, and bitters. Um, mm. It's just kind of a cocktail that they. Good. Yeah, it's some apparently it's something that's served really often, like often there um, in a lot of different restaurants and stuff. Um, like I said, I found a couple of different recipes, um, and then I found um, this website. It's called global table of which it looks like it's this website that basically just has she's combined a bunch of different recipes from all over you want to pick find a recipe from a certain country you can find it um so she had a take on it with some alcohol which i was like okay this is up my alley so what i did um was Oh, well, first off, sorry. The grenadine could be um, switched out also for cassis, which is blackberry currant um, syrup. So it just kind of depends on how you wanted to go with that. So for what I did is I did a um, shot of gin. I did about almost two ounces of the cassis, um, but I got the cassis liqueur. And then I mixed it with um, a squeeze of lime, a squeeze of orange, and then topped it with Sprite and then the rest of Fanta. And then I mixed in some bitters. What flavor of Fanta? I just did the classic orange. Okay. So I went, and that's, it seems like that's what they usually do. Um, But again, I just found this recipe online and I kind of tweaked it to fit myself a little bit. And um, the gin... It's kind of dangerous because it's not too sweet. I can't taste the gin at all. And Ooh, there's at least three ounces of alcohol in it. I can, the way you're supposed to do it, the cassius was supposed to be like pretty sure about three ounces. So I toned it down a little bit because I added the liqueur instead of just the syrup. Oh, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But that is quite tasty by itself, I will say. Um, I had never had the black dark, black, uh, black currant um, 
liqueur before. So, and what was the name of that again? I, well, the, I know you tweaked it, but what was the original name? Um, it is the Nigerian Chapman cocktail. Okay. That's really so interesting. It, Cause I did see that, um, I didn't put this in my notes or anything, but at one point in, I think, let me see, 2007, I think it was 2007, the Nigerian court ruled Fanta as being poisonous. See, and that's why I thought it was extremely curious because of this recipe. And so I believe they make their own Fanta there. What the Fanta that they get is not like the UK um, version or something like that. There is like an actual well, it goes according to the UK standards, like their standards are the UK standards. And so they found that it had too much um, benzoic acid in it. And so with the combination of like the heat and stuff like that, it just well, that, that makes didn't sense. work well. So they, yeah, they did something else. So, but, but the, I just thought that was an interesting, um, like I said, uh, traditionally though, it is made with a cucumber for sure. Um I'm not a huge just yeah you don't like cucumbers very much I, I I'm not that big of cucumbers especially in my drink I don't need it but I understand it and I respect it I really understand it like oh I get why people like gin and cucumber have you I ever just... had that Gatorade that's like the cucumber lime yes, or whatever but it's <sighs> yeah. so good I know I've I love that one and I know you every time you have it you've always asked me have you had this and I'm like oh really (laughs) yes you make me drink it every single time you have it no you don't it's so good you just think you don't like it but okay it's like a weird yeah it's it's a weird taste but it's like a good weird and so yeah I probably try to convince you every time well, next time you're in town, we'll have to, or I'll just send you the recipe and you can just make this yourself at home and you can do the cucumber yeah. in it. Cause I, I can understand why that would add to it. And like, I like the bitters in it and it does take away from it. Um, the sweetness of it, but yeah. Well, all right. Well, don't you we want in? to Fanta? <laughs> don't you want to Fanta, Fanta? Um, okay. So as far as the overview and history and what is Fanta. So if you don't already know, Fanta is a fruit flavored soda. It comes in several flavors with the most popular being orange and grape and pineapple coming in a close, not close second, but grape and pineapple are pretty tied far behind orange. What about strawberry? That's not, that's not the favorite. I mean, it's, it's in the rankings. It's in the top five but according to polls orange is by far the favorite with grape and pineapple coming in second i don't know if i'm a big fan of drinking pineapple soda well i'm allergic to pineapple and i I like pineapple but it's not like my absolute favorite thing i like pineapple i just i don't think i could drink i don't know if i've ever had the Pineapple Fun. soda Fun. just sounds not pleasant. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I've ever had it. I don't think I've ever went out of my way to drink it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, with that said, there are at least a hundred different flavors of Fanta across the world. So I did run into a few of those, but I was like, I'm curious on what downward spiral she's going to get into with our flavors. <laughs> so. Well, only nine of them are sold in the U.S., at least right now. Um, so at this moment, there are nine that you can buy in the U.S., and those flavors are orange, zero sugar orange, grape, pina colada, pineapple, strawberry, berry, fruit punch, and peach, which Oh, I love me some peach and I've never had peach Fanta and I've never seen it anywhere. So if you see it, please let me know. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say, I've never seen the peach or the mixed berry. Yeah. Let's say I I will. I did buy myself a bottle of the pina colada Fanta when I went to go buy the regular orange soda Fanta. I was was just super curious. Who knows how much did you try it yet? I have it. It was still, I guarantee you it's going to sit untouched in your fridge. (laughs) 
I will, you know what? When we take a little break, I will go make my way and I will open it up and I will drink a sip of it for you to see and see how it tastes. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. So I'll talk about this a little bit later too, but Fanta is sold in over 190 different countries. It, that's, that's a lot. It's a worldwide beverage. So I'm not going to go through all of the flavors. I'm not going to go through all of the countries into which countries have which flavors. I'm not going to do that. But I just kind of want to go down the list and talk about some other kind of cool flavors. I will ask you a question. I'm sorry, before you dive into that. Please. I, when I was just kind of perusing and looking around, I did go to the Fanta website just because I kind of wanted to see. If you scroll down to the very bottom of their products page, there is a tab that you can hit, which says USA. And then it gives you a list of all of their other places that they, like all the other countries that they sell it in. Mm -hmm. So you hit it and then it takes you to a Fanta website directly in that language. Yep. And so they have a very, very broad customer service range oh, with yeah. all that. Like, absolutely. So I was just very impressed by that. That's all. Just as like a brief overview. So North America has both the United States and Canada. Africa has Algeria. But Europe, I mean, the list is forever long latin america same kind of thing and eurasia also which is listed as eurasia that's interesting but uh also listed as a very long list so they it goes on forever so just to cover a couple of the flavors right we're getting into lemon we're getting into one called dragonata I'm assuming that's like a dragon fruit, maybe. Um, dragon, dragon mango. There's one called exotic that's in a ton of different countries. Don't know what that means. Uh, there's apricot. There's a mango and passion fruit. There's strawberry kiwi. There's um, green apple. There's tangerine. There's tropical. There's uh, what else? I'm just like thinking like some of these I would actually wish they were selling in the United States. I know there's a cream soda. There's a kiwi oh. lime. There's a lemon lime and bitters that is sold as a slushy only at McDonald's only in Australia. A <laughs> lemon lime bitters, but see that right there. Lemon those... lime and bitters. Well, that right there though goes exactly with my kind of my your cocktail, cocktail the yeah. bitters the lime and depend like lime or lemon depending on where you find your recipe yeah also australia has some pretty wild um retired flavors that are no longer in existence anymore i'm kind of curious okay so they used to have a ginger beer one which sounds awesome love me some ginger beer but okay tell me what you think what is spider strawberry what is spider chocolate? What is spider chocolate orange? What are these spider flavors? Okay, well, I because it's Australia. Uh, maybe. Um, also, I'm curious if it is the time of when you are researching. Like maybe they were like holiday flavors. Like these are retired flavors, so they're not oh, yeah, in you, existence you said, anymore. You said, you said they're retired. I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out why there would be maybe, maybe they're Halloween flavors. Or that's something? what I'm saying. Maybe they were like holiday themed maybe, ones. Yeah. Maybe they had spiders in them. <laughs> no. <laughs> You never know, but okay. So there's, um, also pear there's black currant, like you had kind of mentioned there's blueberry there's, um, Mandarin. I'm probably repeating myself a thousand times over, but there's a lot of different flavors. So did you know that there's a spider that looks like a strawberry? Cause I, I wanted to look up what a spider <laughs> strawberry was, but all right. All these interesting flavors. 
so many flavors. I mean, there's papaya. I could keep going on for days and days and days. There's one called mucho. What is that even? So that's not a flavor. That's a word in Spanish. New Zealand had a couple fun ones that I found. New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only got, I mean... Okay, like I, just, I said, there are over a hundred, and in some sources, I saw 150 different flavors. So, I just thought this was one was interesting. They have a sour, a watermelon one, ooh, and like they have a blueberry one, um, which you know is pretty normal. But then they have uh, a strawberry sherbet. Like all these other places, I find them. They're like they have. I don't know. There's a lot more. Um, it's not just one flavor. There's a little bit more depth to them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw one that was like elderflower. Oh, um, I know that in Canada. I'm sorry, please stop me if you know this, but uh, Canada, they their their recipe is a little bit different than the U.S.'s. So in Canada, they actually have orange juice in their recipe as well. So oh, yeah, not- we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later, um, but please go on because I, it's not in relation to Canada. Um, well, it was just that. And then the only other thing about that I saw was um, that they also have their, um, like you said, they have the cream soda flavor, um, their cream soda flavor and their grape flavor are made with a grape juice as well. So nice. it seems like Canada's products are a little bit more fruit forward and actually opposed to like artificial flavor forward yes so (laughs) all right well okay so let's go into the actual history of what how fanta began and how it you know has progressed throughout the years so fanta was originally invented in 1940 during world war ii and during this time the u.s established a trade embargo against nazi germany which made getting Coca-Cola syrup almost impossible to get, almost impossible to get. To get it to Germany. To get to Germany, exactly. That makes sense. So an attempt to keep a sugary beverage around, um, Max Keith, who was the head of Coca-Cola Deutschland, he, Deutschland? That's not weird coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Uh, He decided to create a new soda using only ingredients found in Germany at the time. So So rations. Kind of. Yeah. Like it just, it was very hard to get a lot of ingredients uh, during the war. And so just using what they had and kind of creating something. So because he was already ahead of Coca-Cola, my guess is he was just attempting to keep his job alive. (laughs) I'm not sure. So yeah, that makes sense though. Like during the time, any time of war, you have to do what you can and rations are the best or like figuring out what you can do with rations is the way that we have so many items today. So, right. So, um, this new drink that he invented, uh, included beet sugar, uh, pomace, which is like the pulp left over after you juice, um, apples in this case, but it can be lots of other, you know, grapes or whatever. Um, so it's like the seeds and the pulp and the stems and the just kind of like gunk left over, um, including whey, which is also leftovers, um, and other very, fruit res- very resourceful. I will say like the people who were able to find not that the timing was okay of everything that was going on, but like that is very resourceful to figure out a way to produce something because you were no longer getting your Coca-Cola syrup, which probably had Coke in it at the time. They needed that supply. Yeah, that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so people really, apparently, they really liked it. And um, I, I just can't help but to think that it probably didn't taste that great. <laughs> Is it true that it was just yellow? It, yeah. I mean, if, okay, think of whey. So whey is like a milk. Um, yeah. It's like the leftover scraps from like milk curds and stuff after that's been mixed with 
beet sugar and these apples and just other fruit scraps, it's just not going to be an appealing thing. So, but apparently it tasted pretty good, at least for the time, whenever people didn't have much else. And in some cases people would buy it strictly just for the sugar content and use it to cook with, um, because there was a shortage of sugar content. So they needed it to sweeten their food items. I did see that in, um, 1943. Yeah. It sold were, like 3 million cases yep. alone and almost none of them were actually drinking. It was, it was just, just for soups for the and sugar. stews. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Like, like as a cook, I, it makes so much sense to me on how you have to do what you can, but like it is, I, I made soup the other day and I wouldn't be like, Oh, let me just pour this gallon of fountain down into it. You know? Well, tough times call for, you know, intense oh. measures. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like I'm just saying it is awesome. The resourcefulness of some people and the way that they were able to absolutely utilize it. Um, do what you can, even if you are a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at the beginning of the era of Nazi rule, Coca-Cola was the drink. They were, uh, Coca-Cola was really invested in the Nazis and they sponsored the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. They were involved in Hitler's 50th birthday. They were involved, let's just say. And so, this was before... I'm, I'm just making This sure. is in 1936. So this okay, is before, before the war. The, before the trade but embargo. They were Bef- kind of in that circle. They were mixing and mingling. So uh, Keith, uh, Max Keith, the head of Coca-Cola Dursland that came up with this whole Fonda thing, he uh, was considered a Nazi collaborator. He wasn't in the party himself, but... Um, the fact that he thought ahead and kind of came up with Fanta in lieu of Coca-Cola whenever Coca-Cola wasn't available kind of saved them. And during the, you know, war. And so I just, um, it became a sense of like national pride. It was like, so there, they were no longer getting the products or the syrup, like the syrup from Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola, I was just going to say this, but the German Coca-Cola plant was cut off when America entered the war after Pearl Harbor. Um, Okay, that makes sense. And so he just, obviously, it didn't matter. It wasn't like now where you just went back down and immediately shut down the plant and stole your plant away from these people. It was, hey, you still have these buildings. You have these resources. You're able to- It was like, hey, we are America. This is where Coca-Cola started. You're Germany, you're Nazis. We don't want to affiliate with you. We're just going to cut off that plant and we're not going to associate with you. But obviously, they're not going in and just like clearing out all the inventory. They're That's not clearing out saying. all the stuff. Yeah, I'm sure and they still so, have the resources. Oh, yeah. It wasn't they were, a, an official thing, though. And it wasn't an, well, also, it wasn't an easy thing. So he just, he had the supply, well, he had the production equipment to do what he needed to do. And he, so at the end of the day, it was still Coca-Cola, whether or not it was yeah. U.S. Coca-Cola. It technically it- wasn't Coca-Cola at this time. It was Fanta, Max Keith being kind of like a. Oh, just, no, I, I get that. I'm uh, just it comes saying back like. In, it comes back later. So we'll talk about it. But it's just funny because I know that the guy who started Coca-Cola was um, a Confederate States Army veteran. So. I'm curious on kind of makes sense why they liked Hitler. Okay. Um, so because Max Keith saved, you know, this kind of like, he continued on this kind of Coca-Cola thing with Fanta, even though Coca-Cola was no longer a part anymore during the warriors, it became a sense of national pride, like I said before. And so everyone in Nazi Germany drank Fanta. They, it was, I've seen in several places that it was considered like the nat, the drink of the national, what am I trying to say? I've seen in several places that it was the official drink of the Nazi party. That makes sense though, because like, especially since 
so many people stopped trade with Germany during this time. What they had is what they had. And so if they were the sole producers of this product and it was the only thing that was providing a lot of people with sugar, it was going to get sold. So, yeah, I mean, sugar is one of those things that just, it won't stop. So, uh, like I said earlier, the German Coca-Cola plant was cut off when America entered the war after Pearl Harbor. And, but after the war ended in 1945, Fanta stopped production. So it they made know. it very clear that it was a German drink, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say, if kind you of immediately instilled. stopped the minute the war was over, like it was there was a little bit probably more to it than just the providing of the people. It could be too that, you know, it, that drink was made out of necessity because there was no longer that Coca-Cola syrup made available. And then after the war, the Coca-Cola syrup could come back. And so, you know, they just kind of stopped it because I imagine it kind of tastes like shit, but I'm just curious because it's immediately stopped after because like the production of it, it's not like, so production shop, but it wasn't like the supplies of those syrups were going to immediately come back to Germany. There was a lot of things that needed to be done before like trade immediately got back into it. After the war, Coca-Cola took back the German plant and claimed all of the recipes, all of the profits that were made during the war. They took everything. And after the war, Max Keith was put in charge of Coca-Cola's European operations. He was promoted because of his tenacity during the war and kind of uh, his his ability to be entrepreneurial. He saw the the light at the end of the tunnel and was like, I need to stop production now because when they come in, I can swoop up and save myself. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I'm not totally sure, but no, I'm just saying any, no matter, no matter who was drinking what, but like, that's a good logistical thing to do. Like, Hey, I only did this. So Coca-Cola could survive. Like, hey, I did this for you guys. For you guys. Like, yeah, sucking up. I did yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. then the minute the war, hey, I stopped. I stopped. I know that you guys were coming back. Deal with this. We were going to yeah. get saved. Yeah, maybe. You know, Here's my recipes. So um, in the early 1950s, so like I said, it was um, the war ended in 1945. That's when the font of production stopped. So um, in the early 1950s, Pepsi started releasing releasing these new drinks and Coca-Cola had to respond. So they relaunched Fanta in 1955, coming out of Naples, Italy. And the original flavor was orange and it used locally grown citrus. From there, it spread to 190 other countries, but didn't become prominent in the U.S. until the 1960s. Ah, uh, that sounds really good. Like I, I need to go to Canada and get me some like Fanta made with orange juice in it because I was thinking about it. I was trying to research how to make my own Fanta and it was like orange juice, orange juice and soda water. And that kind of sounded weird to me. But now that I'm thinking about it, like we've talked about mimosas, orange juice and bubbles are, is always good. You can't go wrong. So having it be a little bit more to the actual true orange taste versus like the pure sugar that the u.s has i'm sure there is a wonderful difference in that yeah it would be really nice to actually have fanta made from like real fresh fruit instead of just natural flavors like it is done in a lot of other places yeah it is a stark difference on i'm sure like the taste but like as Americans were so used to what we've always had it like having a true more pure version of something is always interesting yeah so after that it kind of like I said spread to those 190 different countries and they all kind of made their different flavors it's definitely a worldwide drink so in the early 2000s the Fantanas were introduced as part of their marketing campaign so the um, Fanta has one of the catchiest jingles. 
Oh, I would think so. Don't um, you think? Don't you want to? Don't you want the Fanta, 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 Fanta? Don't you want the Fanta, Fanta? So, group of dancers. Um, there's a bunch of different women. They're all models. They're all very beautiful and, you know, whatever. But they all represent a different font of flavor. And uh, there is a male and then now. In 2017, okay. the first guy joined the group, but Jingle stays the same. Don't you want the Fanta Fanta? So did you know that there were five basically incarnations of the Fanta group that they have? Does incarnations just mean like recasting? Yeah, basically. Um, if you go to Wiki, it says incarnation. So it's not That's my fault. Funny. They, they chose that wording. <laughs> um, but so like you said, I started doing it in like 2002 um so it was like 2001 to through 2006 they um did these fanta or the fanta commercials with the fantanas and then they relaunched again in 2009 and are still going to this day apparently but 2017 is when they added the guy okay so this is what wiki Wikipedia says Wikipedia. Um, there was the original Fontanas from 2002 to 2004. Then you had the mod um, Fontanas, which were like inspired by the look of the 60s, which I oh, thought was. Oh, I remember those. I forgot all about uh-huh. those. I loved those ones. Okay. Well, so the first way. Did first... we almost do a Halloween costume on yes, those ones that's... when we were kids? Yes, I thought it was interesting that you forgot that. So the first one, they were like the island party dancers. So many memories being unlocked right now. <laughs> then then a second group were the 60s kind of version of it, um, which actually has, oddly enough, um, um, Kat Graham, who plays Bonnie on um, Vampire Diaries. She was the strawberry fontana so when she was younger well people making their debut on as a fonta girl i guess <laughs> um actually her uh debut i think was parent trap but she was anyways. a parent yeah but then you go to the party fontanas which is from 2006 to 2009 and i think the people just think they disappeared because Fanta is kind of weird when they put out their ads because I haven't seen a Fanta ad in. Yeah, I haven't seen a Fanta ad in a very long time. However, I was looking on a, I was doing my research and in a comment, I saw somebody say something along the lines of, I saw this commercial at a movie theater for the Shrek 2 movie. So weird. They might just be like strategically placing them in like, Odd places. Weird places. Okay. I don't know. But I haven't so, seen one in a long time. But I will never in my life forget that jingle. See, and nobody will. So, and that's where, like, the change. You forgot the 60s until I reminded you. But these yeah. variations of it. I and then, so, loved those. I was so obsessed then, with them for a while. Yeah. And the next one was, like, the that was the party Fantanas. And then the return of the Fantanas was literally what you said. Um each of them were individuals and had their own like look about them it was supposed to be you know came back um the now present day fontanas is 2017 to the present like i said i haven't seen anything um i'm pretty sure the only ad i've ever seen was when i was looking at this was from maybe like youtube videos or something like youtube ads i bet they still have even if i'm well it's probably still the 2017 one because when i'm looking yeah, on they YouTube. probably haven't refilmed mm-hmm. um but that is the one with the first uh male fanta and they their like way that they call themselves is be more than one flavor so the whole ad is them like finally like oh let's switch this up and then they all trade sodas so they're all a different flavor and then they dance and do their fanta dance so yeah i think i've seen that one it's pretty modern yeah, it's a little bit different and they don't, none of them sing. None of them are doing their, don't you want to, fun to, fun to. That's just kind of going on in the background, huh? Yeah, it's a very yeah. subtle-esque 
um, thing. Yeah, but- I didn't put this in my notes, but I saw somewhere that it's like ranked in the top seven most uh, catchy jingles. Oh, I'm sure. And I think that's why they probably don't have to advertise as much. Like they are one of the best selling products for Coca-Cola still today. Yeah. You mentioned the word Fanta to almost anybody and they're um, almost immediately going to go, don't you want the Fanta? Fanta? Fanta. Like it's just, exactly. There's it's like in your bones at this point. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So as for the name Fanta. How did that come to be? Well, there's two stories. I'm going to tell you both stories and you're going to tell me which one you think is more likely to be the case. I have my opinion. I want to hear yours. So um, this is from, I believe it's from mashup.com, but I'm going to read it kind of verbatim. Your cocktail is really good. I'm like trying not to chug it, but I'm like, mm, do it. Um, okay. So quote, according to Atlas Obscura, Fanta was named by a salesman on Max Keith's team. So if you don't remember, Max Keith is the guy that originally had created this during the war because he was the head of Coca-Cola. And then Deutschland. he came up after the war is a so, Coca-Cola hero. Sure. Okay. But. So according to Atlas Obscura, Fanta was named by a salesman on Max Keith's team. Uh, Keith reportedly told them to come up with something creative, and it was Joe Nip who suggested Fanta based on the idea of fantasy. Makes sense, right? It was inspirational. It was imaginative, imaginative, and it was exactly the sort of thing to capture the entire nation. But (laughs) the official story from coca-cola is very different and it just sort of ignores the roots um in germany which in my opinion kind of makes sense you don't want to really be associated with the nazis so you're going to kind of come up with your own story so they say lie that, about your past though so they say that fanta wasn't named until it was released in italy in 1955 with that orange flavor and as part of the release, they held a competition to come up with a name for this citrusy beverage. And that's when they say Fanta was chosen and the winning entries, entry specified the word was derived from fantasy, which means the word imagination. So the roots are the same in both stories. It kind of means that word fantasy, imagination, you know, kind of thing. But one so is bullshit. from that. They Keith's just combined from his the beginning. stories. Yeah, they just once combined from it. the beginning and once from like a contest, you know, I, I'm inclined to believe that it was Max Keith's team because how did he advertise it? What did he call it during that time? Well, my question is also, why would it be coming from the German word fantasy or, or like the, you know, the word imagination or whatever, like, well, Fanta C. You know what I mean? That's also English. You know, there's, I know it derives just, from other, it doesn't derive from German. Okay. Well, you, but I know what you mean. Opinion, I know what you mean. And I think that it's probably his team that did it. Um, because, like, yes, there was the word fantasy, and I get that, but like, Somebody didn't just come up with that like random. Oh, right, it's a fantasy. Right. No, like they were probably like, "Hey, this it is was a, a huge... marketing team." Well, my my question is also, do you think it was a fantasy? They're like, "Hey, we're gonna try to survive. This is a huge fantasy. Like, maybe yeah. it happens, maybe it doesn't happen." And then at the end of the day, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is our fanta. Don't you want the fanta, fanta?" <laughs> All right. So in 2015 was the 75th anniversary. I was curious if you're going to pop this up because that yep, was this is my things. last little bit that I'm going to talk about. In 2015, the 75th anniversary version of Fanta was released in Germany. Their campaign video explained 
how, you know, this was all created during a time of like scarcity and people needed to like get creative with with what they had. So it was packaged in glass bottles. Like it originally was in during the war and it had this authentic original wartime flavor and included the same flavors. Soda out of a glass bottle. There is so much better. So much better. Mariah, go get your braces back on so we can go to Nogales and get us some Woo-hoo. food. That yeah, was my- Mexican Coke is just like, oh, it's so different. Because so right. it's actual sugar. Yeah. So it was packaged in those glass bottles and um, it had that kind of like original wartime flavor, which included 30% whey and pomace like it originally did back in the day and is described as being like less sweet. Uh, it added all those extra sugars later on. I'd have to try it. I, I can't say I wouldn't have tried it. For sure. I definitely would too. But the hitch here is that it, it was created out of scarcity because it was in Nazi Germany. And that whole campaign kind of like skid over the fact that it happened during Nazi Germany. And um, the campaign went on to say that it was, quote, I'm watching your face. I'm about to see the horror you're about to say. Yeah. That it would bring back, quote, the feeling of the good old days. Oh, you mean of concentration camps? So that was interpreted in many ways. According to Coca-Cola, it didn't mean it that way. But many took it to mean the good old days, as in when Nazis ruled. And uh, quickly, the ad was taken down. And they filed for a lot of um, charity events to give out their money to show them they care about the people. I am sure you are correct. (laughs) So that's the history of Fanta. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and um, I will be back with some pina colada fanta for oh us. Oh, yeah. To I'm buy. curious how that tastes. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. So I went in the kitchen and I opened up. Yeah. This how's this pina colada? Bottle of soda. And I haven't tried it yet. I'm waiting for you to watch my reaction. It smells like pina colada, coconut, pineapple. Smells like peanut banana. <laughs> okay. So I could not drink that solely by itself. It's not sweet, which I actually really appreciate. Dump that in with some Malibu. Oh, you're good to go. We're going to go into the nutrition facts of Fanta now. Already give them to me. What um, sugary diabetes can I get with Fanta? Okay. So obviously there's a bajillion flavors. So I'm just going to talk about Fanta Orange. That's fine. I feel like that's the basic one and any variation off of it is going to be like, there is five more grams of sugar. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the ingredients because there's not that many, surprisingly, but the ingredients are carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, citric acid, sodium benzoate. That's to protect the taste. Natural flavors modified food starch. Okay. Forgive me on this one. Sodium polyphosphates, glycerol, ester of rosin, rosin. I think if you can't pronounce what you're drinking, don't drink it. Yellow number six and red number 40. Isn't red number 40 really? I have an issue with red number 40. We're not going to talk about it right now. We're going to talk about it in another episode about food colorings and additives. Oh, we can both go off of that. We both wrote many papers mm-hmm. on that. So this drink is caffeine-free. It It is, quote-unquote, 100% natural flavors. Again, another episode that we will talk about natural flavors. And what it means for natural flavors to be even natural. Yeah. There is also a note that this product does include GMO products or GMO ingredients. So with that said, um, there are zero grams of fat. No surprise. There are 90 milligrams of sodium, which is 4% of your daily value 
There are also 73 grams of carbs, which are all sugar and they are all added sugar because there is nothing natural in this shit, uh, which is 146% of your daily dose of sugar, which I am surprised that they even put that on there at all. And zero grams of protein, which we are not surprised by. So I would, I just want to clarify with this. Um, we're assuming this nutritional breakdown is that of the U.S. Um, yes, this is the U.S. Version. orange. Okay, no, that's fine. I'm just curious as to good. good. No, that's a um, good no. If like we'll we'll have to look this up or post it. Um, on our website, if there is a nutritional um, difference, if we can find those factors. Of- oh, absolutely. This is just US. US does everything in a total shit way. So I know other places use orange juice and at least at one point they did. So I just want to see the comparison if we can find that and we post it. Yeah, um, we definitely can. I got all this information from the fonta.com website. Um, and they do include all of their information for all of the countries and all of their products. That's awesome. So it's sugary. It, it is what it is, but it's a sugar dose. Um, also, I think it has more sugar than a can of Coke, if I'm not mistaken, which is kind of crazy. So with that in mind, Maddie, what are our recipes? Ooh. This just shocked me on the Coke factor of the sugar. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure a can of Coke is like something like 55 to 60. You know, if we find any extra little fun notes, we can always add that. Or if people know their own little fun tidbits or weird stories with Fanta girls or whatever. <laughs> For our recipes this week, um, while I was looking up, I actually found, I have seen this numerous times with Coke and other things. Um, you can usually make cakes with soda. People do it a lot. So I found one and I guess it's a very popular German cake, which I'm just curious on, um, how far back that goes to, if that did start with Fanta originating there or what, but it is a uh, Fanta cake and it's basically just egg, sugar, flour, oil, Fanta soda, baking soda, and vanilla. So you just mix that all together and um, there's the cake. I will have to try it because I've tried some soda cakes before. They, it's always just such an interesting... Um, Isn't it usually like just soda water? Now instead of water um there's a lot no i've seen ones where they do it in lieu of like some of the chemical leaveners actually so like the carbonation is what's supposed to help rise um but this one seems to still have but in lieu of water and sugar they use the soda or well there that work um in this one it the, in this one there's still sugar in it it's just in lieu of um any extra like liquid but there is the oil so I think it's just an extra added in to this one it, it has baking soda so I'm wondering because baking soda out of all the chemical leaveners it has like the shortest um shoot um I can't think of what it is but like when out of all the chemical leaveners like the way that it helps rise it has like the lowest threshold for that so maybe the extra carbonation from the bubbles mixed with the baking soda acts as an extra like um rise to that so i will post that i found a couple of different ones so i'm going to look at them and um maybe i'll post a couple of different ones depending on what i have um i'll try to make them see which one i like the best so that's for the sweet side for our savory side now this one i'm going to definitely have to try and see if i can tweak it i'm sure it's great i'm just it it i don't it makes my heart hurt a little bit, but it is orange chicken. It's Asian orange chicken made with Fanta. That sounds so bad. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really delicious, but it sounds sounds like really like you're ruining cultures. Yeah, it really does because like the recipe has like tomato puree and like the Fanta. Oh yeah. And some pineapple for that extra flavor. But so like as any recipe that I find especially online. I usually do it and then I tweak it 
we'll see if I don't tweak this one before I start doing it. But it's like onion, red pepper, you know. Sounds like it could be good. It's just not authentic in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, not at all. And then, like, uh, they use the sugar-free Fanta, which makes sense on that. But Wait, what? Oh, because you just want the orange flavor, not the, the, the sugar, sugar bomb. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't want sugar in my chicken. Like, <laughs> this sounds really... Uh, like mole mole is great but like you don't have that crazy that's not super sugary well that's what i'm saying there's not that sweetness to it so there it's got to have that balance um but those are the two uh fonts of recipes that i found for this week's episode awesome but if you have your own fonta recipes or your own fonta (laughs) people just have fonta recipes just readily available Honestly, you never know what people do. Some people just... I guess that's true. You never know. And I will say, and I know it's, we're not to the same degree of like the Great Depression or the way that like World War II was and stuff. But during the pandemic, I know a lot of, well, we're still in pandemic, but during when most everything was closed, a lot of people came up with some very creative solutions to food. That's a good point. Like... I don't know. There's been times where I look in the fridge and I'm like, well, that's going to have to work because that's what I have. It's a good point. Yeah. So got to do what you can. And, you know, well, thank you for joining us. And uh, if you have any sort of Fanta recipes, like Maddie mentioned, or don't you want the um, the Fanta? Yeah, if you want a Fanta Fanta, just uh, follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Eat Me Drink Me Podcast, on Twitter at Eat Me Drink Me Pod, or you can email us at Eat Me Drink Me Podcast at gmail.com. And on that note, always remember don't cook bacon naked. Do it. Bye bye. Bye bye.